The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby, and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a food website. I'm a best-selling author, and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking-related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. Plus, every episode, I'm going to be highlighting a super cool company that's doing awesome things in terms of home delivery, since we're all limiting the amount of time we spend at the grocery store. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. All right, guys. Happy Monday. I'm on day 52 of quarantine. Not that I'm counting, but I am. There is a checklist going on the desk. But anyways, I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Let's crush it this week. Watching you guys post recipes for my cookbook over the weekend gave me all the feels. It is so freaking cool to see it out in the wild so soon. I just can't get over it. So thank you guys for posting all that. It's just been a really epic week. Let's get right into it. We have so many incredible questions. My email is exploding with voicemails because that's how I can tell when you guys call. So keep them coming. You guys have been like crushing the question game. There's so many good ones. So let's get right into it. I feel like the good way to start is with brownies, right? Just feels right. Hi, Gabby. This is Sasha from Raleigh, North Carolina. I recently noticed that every time I bake a brownie or blondie recipe, a few minutes after I take it out of the oven, the center falls. Um, I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong since I always follow the recipe to a T. So I'd love to know why that happens and what I possibly may be doing wrong. Looking forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Hi, Sasha. Great question. Okay, let's talk about one of my favorite subjects in the entire world brownies. So if you notice when you're watching me cook on Instagram, wherever I'm cooking live, if I'm doing a brownie recipe, I don't over mix the batter. So when you over mix the batter, that's adding so much air into the mixture. And then the brownies can over expand when they bake. This is like what we learned in pastry school. And then when they over expand in the oven and you take them out, they collapse or kind of cave in as they cool and the unstable air bubbles start to deflate. So when I'm making brownies, I really just gently mix everything together. Like you don't want to mix too much. You just want to incorporate the eggs one at a time and beat in between each addition until there's no streaks and then add the flour and just really incorporate that until there's no white streaks remaining. It doesn't need to be labor intensive. It's not a lot of whisking. It should not be an upper arm workout or anything like that. And honestly, I do it usually by hand. If you do it in a KitchenAid mixer, I think that's great for cookies and such, but for brownies, it's not the way to go. A couple other brownie points. (laughs) Number one, you need a good recipe. Like you need a recipe that has not a ton of flour in it. Brownies usually are high fat to flour ratio. And so you don't need a lot of flour. All the brownie recipes on my site, for the most part, call for like less than a cup of flour. You don't need to add that all in there. Another thing I talk about a lot on the blog is not all baking dishes are created equally. I know we all have Pyrex and I love Pyrex for pretty much everything. Casseroles, you know, stratas, all that kind of stuff, lasagna, but brownies are something you should not be cooking in Pyrex. Like you need something that's lightweight, like metal or aluminum. And that way you have the best brownies. Like a glass pan is not the way to do it. You want something that's going to let your brownies be like dense and delicious. And that's what a dark nonstick pan 
will do for you. What are some other brownie tips? I think the key is to not over whip it though, and then stick with a really good recipe and invest the $15 or whatever it is on a great pan. Um, a couple of brownie recipes on my site that I love. The mocha brownies are incredible. The caramel brownies are incredible. I'll link more in the show notes, but try those and let me know what happens. And if it's still falling when it comes out, we'll troubleshoot this again. Okay. Who is next? Hi, Gabby and Thomas. This is Vanessa. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. And I wanted to start an herb garden, but I need help on your recommendations on what herbs to plant. Like what's something that I'm going to use a lot that I don't have to go to the store and buy bunches of because like you've talked about in previous podcasts, they go bad. And I just want to have like a good baseline of herbs that I'll need a lot and that are good to have on hand. And Thomas, question for you. Should I plant mint for my drinks? Because we like a nice cocktail now and then. Thank you guys for your help. Hope you're staying safe. Hi, Vanessa. Great question. Thomas and I were just talking about herb gardens over the weekend. He will not let me plant one at the moment because he thinks I will kill everything with my black thumb, but I am slowly working on breaking him down hour by hour, day by day. This will happen for me. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about herb gardens 101. I think the herbs you need to start with are basil, thyme, chives, cilantro and mint. And I think you start at those five and you like master it. And from there you can start growing more things. You could do, you know, rosemary, you could do tarragon. There's just so many, but I think those are the five to start with that will save you from going to the grocery store over and over and over again. I know I can speak about recipes on what's got to be cooking. Those are the ones we call for the most. Thomas isn't here right now. He is outside golfing because that's just what he does in the afternoon sometimes. But he would tell you, yes, you should absolutely plant mint for your cocktails and also for your savory salads and stuff like that. I think mint is one of the most underutilized in dishes. Like I put it in quinoa salads all the time. I put it on top of pizza. I put it in pastas. It really adds this like nice, bright, finish to something. It's so good. I love it. I'll link a couple of more mint recipes in the show notes, but you should absolutely make it. It's in the spring pea carbonara that I just posted. It is straight up phenomenal. Okay. Who is next? Hi, Gabby. This is Katie from Boston. Um, I was just wondering, I saw your instant pot beans tonight and I don't have an instant pot, but how valuable do you think they actually are? I don't really have any reservations as to why I haven't bought one, but I just don't know if I would actually use it as much as I could. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much. Hi, Katie. Great question. Um, Let's get into it. So I have an instant pot. I use it, I'll be honest, once every two to three weeks. So for me, I make beans in it because I don't have to soak the beans. It's much easier to cook it in an Instant Pot. And I make shredded chicken in it, the easy Mexican shredded chicken on my site. And that's about it. I know a lot of other people use it for things like rice and pot roast and ramen and mashed potatoes and like, what are those things called? Hard boiled eggs. (laughs) I mean, people use it a lot. I think it just depends on what kind of cook you are. Like, I really like to watch my food cook. I like seeing it over the stove. If it takes a little bit longer than usual, that's fine. I just like to see it. I like to have control over everything. So, 
I think if you are someone who wants to like get dinner on the table in a flash and you don't want to like watch everything come together and you just want to like throw everything and then come back 45 minutes later and have it be done. Yes. I think it's an incredible investment. It's a great tool. People love it. I love it. I would rather cook more things in like skillets and, you know, braising things on the stove and all that kind of stuff so I can watch it happen. But I will say there's instant pot beans and stovetop beans. They're both phenomenal. Instant pot is a lot faster if you're into meal prep. So hopefully that helps. I also think depending on how many people you live with, you don't need the biggest instant pot there is. If you go to the master list on my site, I link the one that I have and it's not the biggest one, but it's perfect for me and Thomas and, you know, friends when we used to be able to have people over. What was that like? Does anybody remember those days? I honestly feel like when quarantine's over and people start coming over again, I'm not going to know how to talk to them. I'm just going to like stare at them. Like, why are you in my house? I'm going to be so awkward. Oh God, I can't even think about that. Okay, who's next? Hi, Gabby. Amelia here from Wichita, Kansas. And I was just wondering, I know you make a lot of salads and you talk about eating on them for a whole week. But whenever I make a salad, it seems the next day it's wilty and disgusting. So do you have any tips on how I can make a salad last for more than a day? I would appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye. Hi, Amelia. Great question. And yes, we can absolutely troubleshoot this. So there are a couple different kinds of salads. So there's a salad that's just like a leafy green salad with all sorts of other things in it. I make those all the time. I can prep them on a Sunday and then keep them in the fridge for a couple days. The key to keeping them fresh and lasting and not wilting is to not dress it until right before you eat it. So if I'm going to prep lettuce and like put roasted vegetables and cheese and all that kind of stuff in it, I'll prep it all separately and then store it all separately. So it just takes 45 seconds to throw it together and then drizzle vinaigrette on basically to order, right? Like to serve, because if you have the vinaigrette on it the whole time, it's going to get wilty and sad and the flavors are going to get muddled and it's not going to be as delicious. So that's what I would do for a leafy green salad. If we're looking at salads from a different perspective, like a pasta salad, a quinoa salad, something with grains or like, like a roasted vegetable medley, not, not leafy greens. You can dress that right away when you make it on a meal prep on a weekend and then leave it for a week and the flavors are just going to continue to get more and more delicious. It's just those leafy greens you got to be careful of. You you don't want them to get like wilted and then they get like, they smell weird and then they get like slimy. We're trying to avoid all that. So like for salads, I will line, I'll wash my lettuce. If you want to wash it ahead of time, you can line a snapware or something container with a piece of paper towel and put the lettuce in there. Like I do this sometimes for baby romaine and it stays for a couple of days. So if I know if things are going to be crazy, that's how I'll go about my lunches for the week. So hopefully that helps and makes your salads bright and fresh and beautiful, just like you. Okay, you guys, let's talk about a super cool company I just found out about called Soom, S-O-O-M. Their website's soomfoods.com and they have the best, one of the best, tahinis. So a couple weeks ago, somebody called in to ask about hummus and what to use in place of tahini if they couldn't find anything. And I said, you can omit it. Here's some other options, blah, 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 blah. But I have found Sum, and their tahini is ridiculous. It's no gluten, no dairy, made with sesame, vegan, 100% kosher. And it is so creamy. I want to slather it on my body and like just live my best life. It is so freaking good. It comes in like a really easy squeeze top bottle too. 
And they also, the website also sells date syrup, which I personally have never really experienced or like played around with in the kitchen. But if you like date syrup, they've got it and they have it all in stock. You can get different size packs. You can get two packs, six packs, 12 packs. I mean, if you get a 12 pack, invite me over because I know we're having hummus at your house. So check them out. Zoomfoods.com. They're amazing. Speaking from experience. None of these companies are paying me to say this, by the way. Like these are all just things I love. So go live your best hummus lives, guys. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future until quarantine is over. (laughs) If you have any questions that you want answered, give me a call, 888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you have a super cool small company you know about that deserves to be highlighted, leave it as a voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out whatsgobbycooking.com and I will talk to you guys very soon. Bye.